Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks for Friday, February 7th, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski. Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are still living in the malaise of Wednesday night's loss to the Boston Bruins. Some things to update from that game, including the NHL making a comment on the controversial waved-off Drake Kajula goal. Robin Leonard has a new tattoo, and we're going to preview the Winnipeg Jets, tomorrow's opponent. But first, want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Voicemail number 708-653-0572. 708-653-0572. Send an email to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. That's where you can also send those voice memos. That is ideal. That is my preferred way of communication because it sounds great. It gets your voice on the podcast. That's the way to do it. So open up your phone. Open up that voice memos app, record a message, and send it off to LockdownBlackHawks at gmail.com, and I will play it on Talk Back Tuesday. Busy week next week, but we will have a normal Talk Back Tuesday show. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks, my personal account at JayZawoski670, and of course the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at MadhousePod. New episode of the Madhouse Podcast will be out late this afternoon. James Naveau and I will get together. He is Me and him have very opposite work schedules, so making it work every week can be a bit of a challenge, especially when the Hawks have two games back-to-back in the middle of the week. But we'll be with you uh, this afternoon, so make sure you check that out as well. All right, so we have an update on Wednesday night's game. And it's not going to make everyone very happy, but uh, I just want to read you what the league has said. Now remember, after the loss, Jonathan Taves said the referee told him he had made a mistake. Here is what a league spokesman told Scott Powers of The Athletic on Thursday. Quote, Having reviewed the play, our officiating department is certain that the on-ice officials got the call right. Mata redirected the puck with his glove, giving his team an advantage in a zone other than the defensive zone, which is how a hand pass is defined in the rulebook. While it's difficult to determine whether the puck hit his stick before it went to a teammate, That is not relevant. Possession and control by the same player who made the hand pass is required to nullify the hand pass, not just a deflection off that player's stick. The whistle could have been blown earlier and a better announcement made, but neither change whether the call was correct. So there you go. That's the official NHL statement on the disallowed Drake Kajula goal from Wednesday night. And look, we can obsess over this thing until the cows come home, but it's just really frustrating. And it was such a ticky tack thing. And maybe by the book, they got the call, right? I was always under the impression that if you made a hand pass and at least it hit your stick, that the play would continue. I don't know how Mata is going to get possession when he's laying on the ground, having been pulled down. I don't know. It's just, It was a silly play. It was a misread. And I think what the referee was telling Jonathan Taves was, yeah, I probably should not have blown. I probably should have let the play go. Maybe he technically got the call right by calling that a hand pass, which I guess by definition it was. And maybe that's true. Maybe he did get the call right that way. But it was really ticky-tack, especially in a game where so much had been let go. So many more blatant penalties, especially a handful by the Boston Bruins 
had been let go. And all of a sudden, in a huge moment, in a huge game for the Blackhawks, the referees decide to get ticky-tacky about things. Really, really frustrating. Uh, And look, referees are human. They make mistakes. I'm glad the referee said to Jonathan Taves, you know what? My bad. I screwed it up. I shouldn't have done that. That, That's sort of a comforting feeling, knowing that there's a referee willing to at least acknowledge the fact that maybe he didn't do the right thing. But really, really an aggravating and frustrating way to lose a game, especially a game that was so very important to the Blackhawks. Now, as it stands, they're still in good shape. You know, they're 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 right there in a playoff race. So nothing to overly panic about. The Hawks are still in pretty good shape. They're still right in the thick of the playoff race. But we know how important every point is. And that's why that moment in the game against Boston felt so huge. Part of it, maybe the Hawks use it as a rallying cry. Who knows? And I know that in the modern day of analytics, people don't really pay that too much mind anymore they say oh you know it's all about numbers and possession all those things and and that's true but there are moments that can solidify a team anyone that's actually played competitive sports can tell you that yes you can be moved emotionally to play harder you can opt to play harder you can opt to work harder those are real things those are not things that are measurable on paper so who knows the Hawks have a huge game coming up against Winnipeg on Sunday we'll preview that game in a little bit one more little bit of news I want to get to Robin Leonard on Twitter Thursday revealed his new tattoo got a tattoo on his neck of the uh, of Long Island says here's the quote from the tweet says forever imprinted a place that means the world to me and where I started my new journey tribute to a great place filled with great people will will forever love the island Chicago has followed suit. Earlier on Thursday, he posted another tweet. It said, getting new pads and helmet, Chicago. What do you think? And it's a picture of Eddie Belfour in his traditional red Eddie the Eagle helmet and uh, the black and white Brian's pads. So I don't know. Is Robin Leonard going to go with the Eddie Belfour look? Who knows? I don't know. Read into it. Oh my gosh, he's going to come back. If he's getting a new Hawks helmet and pads, it means he's here for the long term, right? I don't know. We can speculate. I hope Robin Leonard's back. I love the guy. I hope he's the Blackhawks' next uh, you know, franchise goalie that has signed for the next three, four years because I really like what he's done. And not only is he a really good goalie, he's an exciting goalie. He makes miraculous and incredible saves that he probably has no business making sometimes. But uh, hopefully, it probably doesn't, but hopefully this signifies at least that he's considering the Hawks as somewhere to sign long-term. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training, amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from around the world. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, artsy communities, and quirky outposts. Family-friendly resorts and hotels offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training.
It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. A couple other things to get to before we uh, preview the game on Sunday against the Winnipeg Jets. The Blackhawks announced on Thursday that Brent Seabrook underwent successful surgery on his right hip. Uh, reminding everyone he underwent surgery on his left hip last month. The quote here, with those two successful surgeries, in addition to the right shoulder surgery in December, we anticipate Brent will be ready to return in five to six months. So there you have the Blackhawks saying out loud they expect Brent Seabrook to play hockey. So maybe our assumptions that his hockey days were over uh, are a little premature. The Blackhawks are saying in a public official statement that they expect him to be ready to return to hockey in five or six months. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out. But if I was a betting man, I'm not. But if I was, I would think that Brent Seabrook will be in the plans for next season, barring a trade or something like that. It looks like he's not done playing hockey. Now, he could try to rehab these injuries and say, you know what, I just can't get back to the place where I want to be and I'm going to call it a career, or I'm going to pull a Marion Hosa and just not play until my contract runs out, that's still a possibility. But the Blackhawks, again, on Thursday said they expect him to return in five to six months. One other thing I want to let you know about, really cool thing that I'm doing on Friday, February 21st. If you've ever heard of Hot Mike, it's an app where you can watch a game along with sports personalities. Me and my Madhouse partner, James Naveau, are going to host on Hot Mike during the February 21st Nashville Predators game. So go to hotmike.io, download the app, and use the invite code MADHOUSE. If you do that, it'll get you into the app. It's totally free. It's totally free to participate. And during that game, you'll be able to watch the game with me and James Naveau and also comment to us during the game. We can answer your questions in real time. It's going to be a really good time. It's going to be something that I'm going to be doing more frequently as the season goes on. So make sure you go to hotmike.io and enter that invite code MADHOUSE and join us on the 21st. Mark that in your calendar. It's going to be a really, really good time. So that's something I'm very much looking forward to. All right, so I know everyone that listened to yesterday's podcast is probably yelling at me saying, tell us the trade stuff you had. Tell us what you heard from your source. All right, I'm going to do it now. I told you it's not that exciting. But it's some information that I got. It's a little bit of a validation as to some of the things we were thinking about. Bottom line is, the Blackhawks are not going to be buyers. I can tell you that for sure. The possibilities are kind of what everybody expected. If they're in the race, they'll probably try to hang on to some things and stay in it. They'll be open to trades, but I don't think they're going to make trades for the sake of it. So if the return isn't worth it, they're not going to be moving out guys like Gustafson or Leonard if they're still in it. Now, if between now and the trade deadline they fall out of things, they'll sell, right? But if they're in the race and they're not getting what they expect or what they want for Leonard, Crawford, Gustafson, etc., then they'll just hang on to them and see what they can do with them. I don't know if I agree with that. I think you've got to trade at least one of those guys. You got to trade one of the goalies. I'm sorry. I, I just, you can't have three guys that valuable to your team just walk away. And I had somebody ask me on Twitter or via email the other day, 
uh, and I forget which which uh, medium it was, could Eric Gustafson return on a new deal considering that his, you know, his year this year hasn't been as great as it was last year. And I, I assume that could be a possibility. I don't know what it's going to cost to sign him. But it just, I get fearful. And look at last year's Columbus Blue Jackets, right? They have Bobrovsky. They've got Panarin. Both guys, uh, you know, were going to be free agents. And they said, screw it. You know, we're going to go for it. We're going to try to win the Stanley Cup. And then they didn't. And now they don't have any of those guys. And they're still having a pretty solid year. They're 29-16-9. They're still a good team. But it's just, ooh, you just have to be realistic with this thing. You have to look at this thing honestly. And like I've said a few times, the whole Stan Bowman being on the hot seat, at least in the mind of the fans, I don't know if John McDonough feels that way, but at least in the mind of the fans, Stan Bowman's on the hot seat. And Jeremy Cowton probably needs to make the playoffs, you would think too, right? With all those things considered, that adds another level of complication to the trade deadline. And let me ask you this. Okay, if you were the Blackhawks GM and you knew that your job was on the line, that making the playoffs could be the difference between you making and or having and not having a job the next season, aren't you going to do everything you can to make the playoffs, even though it may not be the most long term responsible thing to do? I don't I think that's kind of human nature. And I guess what I'm saying is, at least as of today at least as of Friday, February 7th, I can live with them standing pat if they are two points, three points out of the playoff spot and still playing well and still showing signs of being a potential you know, noisemaker in the playoffs. Because they've won, what, 13 of the last 20? Something like that. That they're, they're, they're playing well. It can't be denied. 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. They're not playing bad hockey, and if they keep up this pace, they're going to be in a playoff spot. The only thing I'm not on board with is buying. That would be a mistake. Giving up assets to bring in veteran players or whatever to help solidify this team for the playoffs to me is a mistake. That's a mistake, especially if we're talking about high-end assets. If some team wants to give you a veteran defenseman for Dylan Secura, I guess I would listen because I I think at this point I'm sort of ready to move on from him. It's not that I dislike him. I just don't – I don't see where he fits on this team down the road. He's not going to play in a bottom six role. If Dylan Strome is back, that's another roster spot in the top six that has to go to him. You've still got Doc. You've still got a lot of the wingers on this team. So fine. If you want to move a a middling or low prospect for something, that's one thing. But giving up draft picks – or giving up higher-end prospects like Boquist, obviously, or Doc, no, or even like Ian Mitchell, somebody like that, I'm not doing that. If I'm the Blackhawks, I'm either standing pat or selling, and I'm still saying, even though I guess I could live with standing pat, even in their situation, I'm partially selling. One goalie, probably Gustafson, maybe I hang on to Robin Leonard and see if he can carry me into a playoff spot, and maybe to a playoff series win. But aside from that, I don't know. It just worries me that they're going to be left losing in the first round of the playoffs 
and nothing to show for any of the three big assets they had at this deadline. Time to go behind enemy lines here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Yes, I know the Blackhawks do not play until Sunday, but let's take a look at the Winnipeg Jets, who the Blackhawks are now chasing after their victory last night. They have 59 points in 55 games, or one point ahead of the Hawks. The Hawks do have a game in hand, as they've only played 54 games. So looking at the wild card situation, uh, as of 10.30 p.m. on Thursday night, Arizona with the number one spot, 61 points. Calgary with 60. Those are your number one and two wild card teams. The teams on the outside looking in, Nashville with 59 points in 53 games. Winnipeg with 59 points in 55 games. The Blackhawks with 58 points in 54 games. And the Minnesota Wild with 56 points in 53 games. So it's really bunched up from that top wild card spot to the sixth spot. There's only five points separating, what, six teams there. So uh, like we said, these points are really, really important. And the one you were kind of robbed of against Boston, that, that hurts. And that's why earlier in the season, as we talked about missed opportunities, uh, you know, that was something that came up a lot as this year went on. They had some lesser opponents the Blackhawks played and didn't fare well. And now, as they need points, they kind of have to play mistake-free hockey. Let's take a look at the Winnipeg Jets' leading scorers. Mark Shifley with 56 points. He's got 23 goals and 33 assists. Kyle Connor, 51 points with 25 goals. Patrick Laine, 47 points, 19 goals for him this year. Break? Break? Blake Wheeler, maybe breaks and wheels was in my head. Blake Wheeler with 45 points. He's got 16 goals. And Nikolai Ellers with 41 points and 18 goals in 54 games. So uh, they don't have the super, super high-end scorer like the Blackhawks do and like the Bruins did, but they've got a bunch of guys with some big number outputs. Shifley, Connor, Line, Wheeler. It's a good team. It's a deep team. It's going to be a challenge for the Hawks, and it is a huge, huge game. Over their last 10 games, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, they are 3-6-1. and one. So struggling a little bit, but came off a win last night. Their Corsi 4 percentage is exactly 50% over those 10 games. That's good for 16th in the league. Yep, right in the middle where, 50, where you think 50% would put you. The Blackhawks are 19th over that time with a 4903 Corsi 4 percentage, so they're very close to 50% themselves, but Winnipeg right there, dead even, 50%. So, you know, this next week ahead is a big challenge for the Hawks, and it's an important challenge for the Hawks. And as we discussed earlier in the show, the trade deadline looms. It's now three weeks from Monday, so it's the 24th of February, and... They've got to determine what they're going to do. And look, as I discussed earlier, it's not totally decided yet. They could absolutely sell at the deadline if they fall out of this thing. If they stay in it, maybe they stand pat. I don't see a scenario where when they buy, my top Blackhawks source agrees that they will not be buyers regardless of circumstance. But you've got a lot of games. Those teams I just mentioned that the Blackhawks are chasing, the Flames, the Jets, the Canucks, the Oilers, all these teams that are sort of bunched up there. The Hawks play them a lot this month. Two against Winnipeg. One against Nashville. One against Calgary. One against Vancouver. 
They play Dallas. They play St. Louis. Those are some divisional games. And when you look at the Central Division, it almost feels like a pipe dream, right? Like, oh, there's no way they're going to catch any of those teams. Dallas has 65 points. So the Hawks are seven points behind the Dallas Stars. It's not unattainable. Colorado has 66 points. The Hawks get hot and win some of these games against these divisional opponents. You don't know. You never know. But at the same time, losing these games to these teams, that's fatal. There are four-point games at this point. A loss to Winnipeg on Sunday does a lot of damage to the Blackhawks. So I think they sense the importance of these games. I think we've seen over the last two starts against Boston, against Minnesota, the Hawks have sort of come out tentative, almost looking scared to lose. I mean, I get that against Boston. That's a really, really good team. And you don't, you know that if you make a mistake, it's probably going to end up in the back of your net. I get that a little bit. But the Minnesota game, it took them a good 10, 15 minutes to get their legs going, probably more than that even. They've got to come out Sunday and be ready to play because, look, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be ready to play too. They're likely about to add a whole bunch of cap space when this Dustin Bufflin thing gets worked out that we talked about earlier this week. If they're in cup, not cup, but if they're in playoff contention, they're going to be in position to add something. So what do you think those players want to do? Those players want to win these games, get in the playoff race, and add a big name at the tra- at the trade deadline because they will be able to. But they've got to give Kevin Day off their GM, a reason to do it. So... There's not going to be any easy games from here on out. There's just not. So hopefully the Hawks can get up, get ready, be ready to go against Winnipeg on Sunday. And on Monday's podcast, hopefully you and I will be talking about a Black Hawks regulation, good old-fashioned two-point victory because that's exactly what they need. That's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blackhawks. Remember, download the Hot Mike app and use that code MADHOUSE on the 21st of February. My partner James Navo and I are going to do a live broadcast, so you're going to want to check that out. But until then, I want you to have a great weekend. We've got till Sunday to stress out about the Blackhawks, so try to relax. Enjoy the snow if you can, and we will talk to you on Monday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day have a tremendous weekend.